October for the Slinging Sports Podcast here. Spooky season. Spooky season. Made it. With your host, Jake Finnerty, your co-host, Wally McKeon. Wally, spooky season. And it's getting pretty spooky in this sports world. There's a lot going on. Looks like there's a lot of ghosts uh, grabbing ankles and knees and causing injuries across the sports uh, world. Coming up from the grave. Yeah. Really, really coming for everyone. Coming mm-hmm. for my fantasy team, <laughs> and, and, and mostly. But uh, welcome on back into another episode, Wally. Let's start this off like we always do. Highlight of the week. What's been going on in your life? What is going, like, what, what's your highlight? What's, what are you doing? I've got a very small niche highlight. And it occurred last night when I had Chipotle for dinner ah. and I have not had Chipotle in about four or five months and had it in a really long time and I got out of a long day of class and I said I'm gonna treat myself and I got a steak burrito and some tortilla chips on the side couldn't do the guacamole too expensive four dollars on the side not gonna happen Mm-mm, no thank but you went home enjoyed it with a glass of lemonade it was a very nice evening do you think the Chipotle had something to do with Aaron Judge hitting that home run last I night? I think so. <laughs> While I was munching it. Actually, no, I guess it was like 30 minutes after. Yeah. But well, as, we'll, as soon as it was and, digested. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But What uh, about you? What you got going on? My highlight, I had a lot going on this week. Mm. Obviously, big event happened. We'll talk about that. That is a highlight for me. However, mm-hmm. however, this past weekend, I had, I had a friend come up here um, last Friday. He finally came up to Syracuse, met everyone, met all of our, met all my roommates. Sadly, didn't meet you, Wally, because uh, you, you had to head home. I was out and about. But then uh, we drove out to Albany on Saturday, and we got to see Luke Combs perform. There you uh, go. It was a pretty great concert. That's uh, awesome. It was a very fun time. We met our two other friends out there and also met up with two people who actually set us up with the tickets, set us up with an Airbnb as well. Wow, so you were a very, living, living. It's a very good experience, very good time. That's sweet. Gladly we'll go back to another concert. Actually going to see Morgan Wade is who we're, we're looking to see in early 2023. We all want to go see that, see her. So nice. looking forward to that. That's great. But now that we've talked about ourselves, let's talk about some sports. Let's talk about the NBA because we got the preseason underway. Uh, very weird time. Don't really talk about the preseason. There's not really a lot to talk talk about, about, um, except for the fact that the Phoenix Suns lost to a non-NBA team. It's the first team to lose to a non-NBA team since the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2015. They actually lost to Luka Doncic. In 2015. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So are you saying that the next Luka is on the team that beat the Suns? No, I couldn't tell you who was on the team (laughs) that beat the Suns. It was like the 36ers, or I don't even know what their name was. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um, I I don't think there's a single person on that team that's the next Luka, but Devin Booker posted something the next day about some kind of LeBron press conference. I forget exactly what it was. Kind of just because everyone was clowning them yeah. because they lost. Yeah. But, also I mean, pre-season. it's the preseason. It's the preseason. So what? Fun. I really don't care. The The game was also like 140 to 135 <laughs> or something. It was like ridiculous. Just shoot the ball. Yeah. They were just right. giving them a little a little time on an NBA court, yeah. letting them it's get nice. the feel for it. It's nice. Man. Yeah. It's a nice charity event. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but LeBron had a couple of comments this week about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, reporters asked him, because LeBron is inching up on Kareem's scoring record, mm, yeah. uh, people were asking LeBron if he had any relation to Kareem, if he wanted any relation to Kareem, and LeBron basically just said, no relation, don't really like seek a relation. So yeah. 
kind of throwing a little bit of shade. There's been issues with them in the past, I guess. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you got in this? I just feel like it's kind of odd if you're a, one. If you're LeBron, you're the face of the NBA, and you have been for the last twenty years, your entire career. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the fa- one of the faces of the NBA still to this day. Yeah, is, at seventy five yeah. years old, he's still active in the NBA community. Everyone knows him. I just feel like, especially if you're on the Lakers, if you're on the same team, I'll at least talk to the guy. I would have some form of relationship with him. You don't have to be friends with him, but be on good terms, speaking terms. Especially, especially when you're inching up on taking one of his yeah. records away. Like, yeah, you'd be in touch with much... him. I would figure. Especially, I mean, the two big personalities. I don't know if it's much of a butting heads instance where it's just two big personalities going at each other or something like that. I mean, the competitive spirit or something, but mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't really fit the character of either of them. LeBron's always been a very humble guy, down to earth, yeah. not really having an issue with anything. Kareem obviously was kind of a weird guy back in the day, a lot of the meditation and stuff that he'd do, <laughs> but like nowadays is just. Again, down to earth, chill guy, very active in the NBA community. Yeah, um, doesn't really make much sense to me. Quick, quick thing on uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as well. Fun fact: my father saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was in high school. His name was wow. Lou Alcindor, and my father saw him play in high school at the Armory on uh, in Harlem. In New That's York awesome. Manhattan. Fun That's fact. awesome. So there you go, Kareem. Kareem <laughs> Getting around. Abdul. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Anyway. We've got Victor Wembenyama making has, some comments. Like Kareem's build, but the play of the play of absolutely no one we've yeah, ever seen. No, this guy is insane. Um, he made some comments this week talking about <laughs> Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson, the projected who's, number yeah, two overall who's pick. Projected number two, simply because Wembenyama said, "I exist." Yeah, because he exists, Scoot is two. So I have a question for you, Wally. Do you think it's already set in stone one and two for a 2023 NBA draft? Oh, 100%. Wembenaya put up 37 points and five blocks, made seven threes. I was saying, not to mention he made seven threes yeah. as a seven-footer. Yeah. As an 18, was he 18 as well? As yeah. As an 18-year-old doing He has an eight-foot wingspan. And meanwhile, <laughs> Henderson on the other side of the court put up, I think, 20-something, nine assists, five rebounds. As well, an amazing game. Um, but I do think, I think we are set in stone for one and two. Um, and I also think it's kind of cool that the one and two are set in stone. Neither of them are college basketball players. We're not going to see them in the NCAA. Yeah, Scoot has been in the G League for quite some time. He left high school after sophomore year, mm-hmm. went to the G League. Now he's been there ever since, and he'll be entering the NBA draft this year. And Wembenyama playing overseas, now coming here on this you know national tour yeah, all that stuff first game on u.s soil yeah and put those numbers up you know f- just here and getting a lot of scouts attentions obviously but mm-hmm. whoever ends up having that first pick it's it literally is like winning the lottery yeah obviously but there even is the nba so. lottery even but now so, so yeah lottery. now it's i mean there's another thing that i want to bring up is the like tall skinny lanky guys being yeah. all these athletic freaks mm-hmm. like we saw it with chet last year you, yeah we saw sure. it with chet who sadly obviously is injured is going to miss the season but even going back to Giannis, when Giannis first mm-hmm. got into the league super skinny guy muscle. not muscle not not muscular but just a freak on the court yeah obviously earning the nickname the greek freak and now being the For best player in the nba mm-hmm. uh it's just kind of wild that there's a lot of these guys 
that we've just never seen before. That's how it's, basketball, it, basketball is really is evolutionizing, and it's showing that it's a positionless game. Mm-hmm. You have seven footers that play like guards now. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun. It's fun, man. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for that because the NBA has been a little lackluster these past yeah. ten years. I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. How the NBA continues to evolve. Me with too. Lumbanima. Me too. Now we've got one small thing to talk about, just because I wanted to throw it in there. I, could, I, I love to talk about Patrick Beverly. Keep my lips Patrick Beverly, whenever there. I can. Uh, Pat Bev announced he is partnering with Barstool Sports, Barstool Podcasts, and making his own podcast, the Pat Bev Podcast. So all I want to say is super excited for it. Love Patrick Beverly. Love to hear what he'd say, and I'd love to have him on the show. So <laughs> if we could do a partnership with him, you know, that'd be great. Uh Moving to the NHL, we are six days out yeah. from the first puck drop of the regular season. That first puck drop, that'll be pretty big for these two slinging sports podcasts. Pretty, pretty big here at SSP. <laughs> so, outside of any headline storylines, we're literally just going to break down the entire NHL. We're going to preview it. We are going to pick our teams that are going to make the playoffs. Then we're going to pick our award winners and kind of just leave it at that. We'll, you know, obviously talk a lot more about the season as it progresses and everything like that, but we'll just start it off. So you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll I'll walk, I'll just go straight through the entire East. Uh, Out of the Atlantic Division, at the number one spot, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs, two Tampa Bay Lightning, and three Florida Panthers. Panthers in particular I want to highlight. Won the President's Trophy last year. They're the best team in hockey in the regular season. Um, they've had a couple of losses of key players this offseason, mainly Claude Giroux. Um, I think they will fall down a little bit. I also think I'm a little high up on the Maple Leafs. They cannot be as trustworthy as people make them out to be, but I think they'll get through it. As a Metropolitan, yes, there may be an ounce of bias, but simultaneously the Rangers are a freakishly good hockey team, and they're only going to get better, better over the next four to five years because they are so young. So I have them at the number one spot them flip-flopping with the Carolina Hurricanes who finished at one last year the Hurricanes second and the Washington Capitals in third as for the wild cards I've got one of them who was also a wild card last year it's the Boston Bruins the other team a team that is coming out of nowhere they were not very good last year but they brought in some good free agents mainly Johnny Hockey and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets for the second wild card spot in the east I think we may have the same teams Minus the Capitals. No, no, I don't have the Capitals. All right. So in the Atlantic, I have the Florida Panthers at one still. Mm -hmm. I know you said they took a step back. I still still think they'll be up there. Tampa Bay at two. There you go. I mean, I think they just stick there. Uh, And Boston actually coming in in that third spot. Uh, In the Metropolitan, your New York Rangers. They were a step ahead last year. They'll stick there, and they will elevate to that number one spot. Then I have Pittsburgh at two, who made the playoff last mm, year. Yeah. A bit shaky, but I I'm, I think they're going to be good. Uh, and then three, I have Carolina. Um, and then in the wild card spots, I have Toronto, because you can never really rely on them. Their history just mm-hmm. proves that they're not a trustworthy team. Um, and the second wild card spot, I'm going with Columbus, the Blue Jackets. Like you said, Johnny Hockey, a lot of good additions, and they were almost there last year. They'll be there this year. They're pretty similar. The only yeah. reason I, I just want to say I don't have the Penguins in there because of the they were falling off a little bit last year, and we witnessed it, um, and I think that they're going to really begin to 
to the end of the Sidney Crosby. I would say we've Malkin seen. Era. I mean, we've seen that Sidney Crosby era, era for a while now. Um, I think we're starting to. Reach I the think end it, of it it is reaching the end, but I think they have one final push in them. I think this is this is finally it. We'll see that what they could do. All right, out west. I have got from the Central Division the Colorado Avalanche, the Stanley Cup champions, looking to defend their title at number one. The Nashville Predators, who were a wild card team last year, at two. Minnesota Wild at three. Another young team who's going to be around for quite some time in the NHL playoff landscape. Out in the Pacific, we've got the Oilers at one, Flames at two. Both of those Canadian teams will be going at it for the entire season. I'm really excited for that matchup. Um, and I hope they get to play each other again in the playoffs. And at three, the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they get back into the playoffs after a year off. And then for the wild cards, I've got the Winnipeg Jets, who missed out in the playoffs last year. I think they will be the team that takes that step and gets in. And the St. Louis Blues, who finished, I believe, second or third in the Central last year. I think they squeak in as the other wild card team. Uh, in the Central, I have the Colorado Avalanche reigning NHL Stanley Cup winners. Um, at one, the St. Louis Blues at two, and the Minnesota Wild at three. Uh, and then in the Pacific, I have all Canadian teams. Wow. I have Edmonton. I like that. I have Caligari. Caligari. Not even yeah. Calgary. Caligari. Cal- Caligari. Calamari. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually t- going with Vancouver. Mm. They were almost there last year, just missed the cut. I think they make that push this year and get up, get up to that third spot. Um, and then the wild cards, I have the Dallas Stars, and I have the Los Angeles Kings. We've got some differences out west then. Yeah. That's good. Well, we can keep track of it throughout yeah. the season. We'll, we get to, we'll we get watch to it. We'll watch it out. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. So, who do you have winning the President's Trophy? I have the defending Stanley Cup champions winning the President's Trophy in the Colorado Avalanche. And I think they will maintain their level of skill throughout this season. I do not think, I'll go on record now, we're not going to make Stanley Cup predictions. I guess we can. But I do not think that the Avalanche will win the Stanley Cup. I don't even think they'll make it to the conference final. But I do think they will be dominant in the regular season. And I think they will win the President's Trophy. Um, I have the Rangers winning the President's Trophy, which I'm I'm pretty sure that you'll be happy with. Um, Like I said earlier, they were a step ahead last year. They were looking great. I was very impressed with their team. And adding a couple of... Uh, upgrades, very, you know, not huge ones, but just enough to push them up to that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be impressive this year, and I think we'll be looking forward to seeing them, and I have them winning the President's Trophy. Thanks for gassing us up, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, Of course, of course. So now I'll go through the round table. We'll go around, around and about of all the major awards. Up first, we're going to do the Calder Trophy, which is the Rookie of the Year in the NHL. My pick is Owen Power, defenseman of the Sabres. Played at Michigan last year. was the number one overall pick in 2021. Played for the Chicago Steel in the USHL for junior hockey. Chicago Steel are the juggernaut of the USHL. I think he's going to be a phenomenal piece for Buffalo. A young player that they've been craving since Jack Eichel left um, and was traded away a couple of years ago. I think he becomes the face of the Sabres. And I think he'll be a great piece and will win the Calder Trophy. I'm going to go with Kent Johnson from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, joining this team this year, I said that they're going to have that second wild card spot. I think he'll be a great addition to the team, and I think he'll be you know, someone that helps them reach that hump and get into the playoff at the end of the year. Transitioning to the uh, Vesna Trophy, which is the best goaltender. I'm going with a repeat champion, 
might be an element of bias, but simultaneously, I still think he's the best goaltender in all of hockey, and he's only going to get better as his career um, goes on, and that is Igor Shosturkin of the New York Rangers. Won the trophy last year, I believe, as well. Not even I believe. I'm pretty sure. Not even pretty sure. Of the goaltenders that have played at least 100 games, Igor Shosturkin has the greatest save percentage ever in NHL history. Wow. Among uh, goaltenders that have played 100. And he's 25 years old, and he's only going to get better. Won the trophy last year in his first full season as a starting goalie in the NHL. Um, and I don't think he takes any step backs and steps back. He already had one of the greatest seasons in goaltending history for the entire NHL. I think he keeps that up. Well, we're really showing our bias on this pick because <laughs> I'm going with Andre Vasilevsky. Which is a fair pick. Of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, won the trophy, I believe, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, was... Fantastic. Last year, obviously, Sturkin having a great year in New York. Uh, Vasilevsky proves that he still is the top goalie or one of the top goalies. I mean, obviously, did not take a step back. Um, but I think has a fantastic season this year. Um, gets them, gets him this trophy and gets the Lightning that second spot in the Atlantic Division. Yeah. <laughs> For the Nor- Norris Trophy, best defenseman. I'm going to go with a guy who finished 25 points short of winning the award last year, and that is Roman Josie of the Nashville Predators. He lost to Kale McCarr by 25 points last year, which is one of the closest voting finishes in NHL history, regardless of award. Um, I think he gets over the hump this year. I also think it's tough to win the award twice uh, in a row. Um, Adam Fox had a fantastic year for the Rangers last year. But it's very difficult to win two times in a row, in particular, specifically Norris. Um, so I think Josie gets over that hump, and he beats out Makar for it this year. Lots of great defensemen in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But one that's always been in my eyes, Victor Hedman. <laughs> yeah, talking about bias, man. You're... Victor, Victor Hedman Ugh. is one of the best defensemen year in, year out. I think he has a great season this <sighs> year and helps Veselevsky on the defensive end. Helps anyone from reaching that net. Um, I think he has a just a, a statement year. I mean, he's, he's he's already great. Everyone knows he's great, but I think he's gonna he's gonna prove it yet again. You've got such a big smile <laughs> on your face talking about Tampa Bay, man. It's I do. Cute. I love it. I love it. And for the Hart Trophy MVP, I think we've got the same. Ninety nine out of yeah. one hundred people are gonna say it. Connor McDavid, um, the best player in the nhl right now there's no debate on it at all i feel like every year for the next 10 years of his career for the last three four years he could he can win the heart without any issue i don't Um, think there's any debate remains healthy yeah every single season he'll be in the discussion agreed well, it's going to be a very exciting NHL season. I'm looking forward to it. Be a man. very exciting Tuesday. It was a, it was a quick say. off season. It, felt it was. Like it well. felt like it just ended. Hockey like, ends in mid June, and now we're here in early October. Not even mid October yet. Yeah, and uh, it's right around the corner. We were getting ready for hockey a week ago. Yeah, like whew, not that. I'm I'm already ready. <laughs> but we've got some playoffs starting now. Yeah, that's in the MLB. Ways. But as we mentioned before. We got some history that was just made last mm-hmm. night. Well, when this episode comes out, it'll be two nights ago. But yeah. what 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 happened, Wally? Tell us yeah, what happened. Yeah, you, you had a little speech on it today. I did. I did in my presentational speaking <laughs> yeah. class. Gave a speech on uh, Aaron Judge hitting his 62nd home run uh, last night. Um, huge accomplishment. I already talked about it in my speech today. 
but everyone knows the, what a big deal it is. Um, the American League has existed for 122 years, and no man has ever hit more home runs than Aaron Judge. Um, such a cool moment. I love looking on Twitter. Um, he was the number one trend, trending item on Twitter for a decent amount of time following the home run. Um, seeing and we've so many been, people congratulate him. We've been talking about this since mid-August. Yeah. Like... For a very long time. We're finally here, and it actually happened. He's gonna. He missed out on the Triple Crown. Um, he was uh, uh, struggling a bit over the past week after he got to 61, was in a bit of a slump, but got that home run, came out of the game in the second inning. He's going to finish with a 311 batting average, 62 home runs, 129 RBIs, just a monster season. He's going to win MVP. Sorry, Shohei Otani lovers, but yeah. Aaron Judge is the MVP, um, and I couldn't be happier about it. And I'm looking forward to when he gets his new contract. Well, with some more going into the playoff, mm. we've got Atlanta clinching the NL East because, like we said, the Mets, the Mets are going to met. Yeah. The Mets met every single year. They had a 10-and-a-half game lead this is this is a, this is a different kind of Mets metting though which is all kind of a little bit more satisfying as well oh, they got only, swept I don't know but I'm saying specifically like the Mets met they still are gonna finish with what 90 some upper 90s and 98 wins. yeah 98 wins 98 99 that. wins um they're gonna be in the playoffs so for their standards it's a success compared to last year where they collapsed and entirely missed out on the playoffs but it's a different kind of met metting. It's still satisfying for me to see them. Oh, I love it. Like that. I love it. Um, and, and they the should be scared going into the playoff. I feel yeah, like. they've got a tough matchup. We'll Definitely. go. We'll go through that. Um, it's been eleven years, man. There you go. I'm finally so so happy. You know, we've been talking about it. We've been saying that it's gonna happen, but nothing really hits until it does. Mm-hmm. And. When they finally, when the Phillies finally clinched that night, <laughs> just was so exciting, happy so happy, you, finally making it over the hump. Us Philly fans, we finally deserve it. This moment. We need to, and just it was so heartwarming to see players Gene Segura and JT Realmuto, two of the longest tenured players in the MLB that haven't made a playoff appearance yet, That's really cool. finally get it. That's an awesome moment. Um. Reese Hoskins, longest tenured Philly on the roster, make the playoffs. Was crying after the game, obviously in his post game interview. That's I what just, it's all about. It was so. It was a monumental moment, and yeah. I hope that Philadelphia does not have to go through a long drought like, drought that like that for eleven years for a while. Uh, but it really just means so much, and not to mention, I'm talking about eleven years. I can't imagine Seattle fans clinching yeah. after 20 years. And clinching on a walk-off home run, nonetheless. Yeah. Really cool moment. It's it's awesome. I mean, these playoffs are just going to be gonna amazing. Be fun. They're going to be so fun. So let's talk about them. <laughs> let's talk about what we got going on in the playoffs. Let's talk about our predictions. We're going to go through, We're gonna round go- by round, the entire matchup. So we'll just up first. Tampa Bay and Cleveland. I am taking Tampa Bay. I'm not taking the Guardians. I think the AL East is the best division of baseball. I missed out on the entire wild card being AL East by one team. Um, I think Cleveland played in a really clunky AL Central this entire season. And I think Tampa Bay pulls it out, despite being on the road for all three games. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Cleveland just wasn't really playing in a good division at all. They aren't even really i don't think they're the best team on paper in that division but somehow squeaked it out Mm -hmm. and 
first year as the Guardians, pretty historic, yeah, making it to the cool. playoff. But Tampa Bay played in a very difficult NL East, or AL East, I apologize. Um, and they're just, they have a lot of playoff experience. They'll be ready this weekend, and I think they'll actually take it in two games. Two, yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, going to Seattle and Toronto, I actually have Seattle winning. Wow. Um, I have them coming off on a high. They're a very young team, obviously. Um, but I just, I don't know. Toronto is a bit shaky for me. Um, I'm not really too, too high on them. I know they play in a tough AL East, like we just mentioned, but I think Seattle is just very hungry for these wins. Um, I think this goes the full series, but I, I think Seattle wins it. I'm going to take the other side of that coin. I'm taking Toronto in three games. I don't think it'll be in two. I also think travel will be a huge aspect of it, having to cross the border and fly, what, 2,000 miles uh, from Seattle to Toronto. Um, it's a quick turnaround. You only get two days off, and you got to start playing. I think that uh, Toronto will get it done in three games. All right. Do you want to go over to the other wild card, or do you want to keep in the AL? Let's go to the NL. Let's all right, all right. Part. Well, let's talk right, about right. my my Phillies going back to St. Louis after 11 years, yeah. actually, the same spot where they were knocked mm. out of the playoff. Um, I think it's going to be – I think they drew the best side of the coin that they could have. Oh, totally. Because if they had to face the Mets, they were done for. Yeah. They went 4-15 and 15 against the Mets this entire season. Um, but St. Louis, they fared, they fared very well against. And I actually have them coming off – this series, this difficult series against Houston, riding into the playoffs, their first playoff appearance in a long time, hungry, and they get this this series win. Oh, well, obviously you're not going to bet against them. I am going to bet against not them, the, though. Not in and the I, first series. I, I think that they have kind of backed, uh, they backed up into the playoffs. They're a little iffy over the last two, three weeks. Every time that we've discussed the Phillies, you've been a little hesitant about them. Um, even when we talk off camera, we're texting um, each other. Um, I think the Cardinals win it in three games. Sorry. No, it's all right. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I just think the way Aaron Nola has been pitching recently, which I'll talk about pretty soon, um, I think that him at the at the front end of this is really going to help them. Yeah. Uh, and then we have San Diego in New York, which that's a tough draw for the very Mets. Man. Tough. <laughs> it's very tough for the Mets. They are at home. They are at City Field. However, the Mets are going to met. I'm taking San Diego. San Diego's offense has been explosive the entire year. Adding Juan Soto at the trade deadline was the biggest move, obviously, that any team could do. Hopefully, Hayter can get back to where he's supposed to be mm-hmm. on the back end of, of that um, the relief yep. pitching. And I think that they will beat the Mets in this series. I want to say the Mets are going to met, but for once in my life, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> And I think that the Mets will beat out the Padres. I think that the Mets are a more complete team. They've been a more complete team for the entire season, um, despite blowing the division. Again, they won upward of 90 games. just so happened that the Braves were one of the hottest teams in baseball over the last four or five months of the season. I think the Mets get it. I think they do it, break through, um, and they make it to the NLDS. All right. Well, we're going to head back over to the ALDS. And we're going to go Tampa Bay in New York. I'll let you take it away first. Yeah, I guess who I'm picking here. I know who you're picking. Uh, the Yankees were phenomenal against the AL East um, this entire year, especially against Tampa Bay. They struggled against them greatly um, over the last three, four years uh, since the more so the Aaron Judge era 
Um, they've been pretty bad against Tampa. They're solid against them this year. I'm not concerned about either Cleveland or Tampa. I'm not worried one bit. I think the Yankees make it to the ALCS. I think no matter who draws out of that out of that 6-3 matchup, mm-hmm. I think the Yankees will easily take care of business. They have the rest obviously until next mm-hmm. week. Get a full they'll, week off. They'll be they'll be ready and giving Aaron Judge that that little time off. Yeah. Finally, finally, maybe getting some pitching in this playoff. Yeah. He'll, he'll be able to add to those 62. It won't be regular season <laughs> home runs, but we'll see. Uh, I think the Yankees move on as well. Yeah. Um, same thing here, I think. Yeah, with Houston, Houston and whoever they're going to face. It's Houston. I don't think anyone is going to amount to it. Verlander has been back to where he should have been his entire career. Obviously, injuries these past couple of years have, have really brought him down, but... Um, I think Houston takes care of, care of business, and we have a typical one-two matchup in, in the ALCS. Also, uh, we are we are destined for a third Yankees Astros ALCS um, in six years. Yeah, um, twenty seventeen, nineteen, and now twenty-two. I think it's going to happen, and I don't think anyone is really going to disagree. No, um, I don't think so either. We can head back on over to the NL. We've got some different picks here going up against the Braves. Talk about your Phillies. Uh, the Phillies, you know, gotta gotta love them through and through, but the NL East is where they struggle. Mm. The, whether it be the Mets or whether it be the Braves, they have a difficult time. And this Braves team is honestly might be better than the team that they had last year when they won the mm-hmm. World Series. Ronald Acuna is finally back and healthy. I don't see the Phillies pulling this out. I see Atlanta moving on. Um, I just think they're way too good of a team, and giving them that rest, uh, the rest helps so much, but I just think their pitching even is miles better than it was last year. Um, I think Atlanta is going to take that series. I think Atlanta is going to take it, and I think it'll be pretty quick as well. Yeah, um, It's only a five-game series, but I don't think Atlanta will struggle one bit. No. And moving down to the Dodgers-Mets-slash-Padres series. Um, I'm going to quickly say, the Dodgers are insanely good. We never talk about them enough. They're no, not... but it's it's like it's mo- it's like almost expected. like an unspoken yeah. thing. Like, but these past couple of years, their rosters have just been insane. They uh, they have won 110 games. They still have another game to play tonight. Um, I don't care who they're playing. I think the Dodgers will sweep them. Not even I think, yeah, five I games. Think, I think it'll be a clean sweep. I think the Dodgers... I'm going to just go right to the NLCS because we both have yeah, LA and Atlanta. Um, I think the Dodgers take care of Atlanta pretty easily as well. I'll give the it Dodgers, five Yeah, the yeah. Dodgers being so, so good. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't think there's anyone to compare to this team right now. No. Except for maybe who they're going to end up facing, which I won't reveal who I'm going to pick yet. But uh, I just I think that they're way too good. That offense has been way too good. Their pitching is always just top-tier they're they're going to the World Series. Yeah. There's no there's no, no doubt. Of, there's no doubt in my mind that they will be there. Yeah, and a pretty light NL crowd as well. Yeah, there's not many breathing down their neck. Back to the AL. I'll let you go first because everyone knows what I'm gonna say. The ALCS, you know, the Yankees have been waiting years to get their revenge on these Houston Astros, mm-hmm. and I think this is finally the team to do it. I think this wow. is finally thanks, man, the time that they pull through. They do what they need to do and make it to the World Series. They've been waiting to get over that hump for years. Had a couple of those, a 
couple of those struggles in between. And they've had teams that looked like they were almost there and then couldn't quite do it. Uh, I think this is the year that New York finally makes it back to the World Series. And we have a New York-LA matchup. It'd be really fun. And I'm going to agree with you, obviously. Um, and I specifically want to highlight why I think the Yankees will be in the World Series this year. And it will be pitching now that they have someone other than Garrett Cole as a true frontline starter. And that is Nestor Cortez, who has emerged. No one expected it, the mustachioed man to be as good as he was um, at the lowest ERA for a Yankee pitcher in 40 years. He had a historical season for the Yankees. And having both Cole and Cortez as your starters, and then you throw in Severino, who pitched very well down the stretch, um, and he's healthy again. You have Tyone as a potential Game 4 starter if you want to take him out of the bullpen. Um, Clay Holmes, if he's operating on all cylinders, phenomenal. I can go on and on about the bullpen. I also think that the offense has balance for the first time in quite some time. It's not home run or bust. They've got guys that hit for average. They do it all. Again, Aaron Judge is the MVP. He's going to bat 300 in the postseason. Um, this is the most complete Yankee team that they have had. Well, looking at the Yankees as well, uh, something that really, as you just mentioned, separates them from the others is the pitching. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Tanaka w couldn't really ever stick up there. Um, Severino always getting hurt uh, when they brought in um, Sonny Gray and he mm -hmm. didn't really do much. Didn't pan out. Yeah, it was just they made so many decisions that were almost there, but, but didn't quite. quite didn't quite do it. Exactly. And now I finally think that this is the year that they are there. They really did put the team together that they needed and you know hopefully it could stay together whatever they're going to end up having to pay judge <laughs> but uh we'll see and on the topic of uh getting there i'm taking them to beat the dodgers in the world series i think they will win in seven games i think it'll be a world series for the ages i'm really excited for playoff baseball as a whole and yes there's bias because i'm a yankee fan but yankees in seven over the dodgers I am actually also going Yankees and wow. seven over the Dodgers. Um, wow. The Dodgers, very impressive team, always. Uh, but I think that they'll have a little bit of an easier ride to the to the World Series. Won't have to face much of a challenge. Um, I think New York will finally see that in the ALCS. Mm -hmm. And then be a little bit more prepared for the yeah. World Series. It's huge. Um, it's but I think when, when L.A. is having two really easy series and then have to face a juggernaut of New York is really going to hurt them. Um, also, I'd like to say my grandfather was one of the biggest Yankees fans that I've ever known in my life, so I'm really hoping that they win it for him this That'd year. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love that. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, now, we'll see how the playoffs pan out. You know, it was a very... It's going to be very exciting. I can't wait. This yeah. this Saturday they start... Or this Friday they Friday. start. This Friday they start. Get ready. Um, I can't wait. Phillies play at 2. 207 to be exact. <laughs> I will be right in front of the TV watching that game. Love it. I can't wait. Love it. Uh, but now it's time for the halftime hustle before we get into some football. Uh, and first, to start off, we've got the best segment. We've got drip of the week. So, Wally, go ahead. Tell us what your drip is. My drip is BYU releasing their black uniforms that will be worn against Notre Dame on Saturday. BYU has done black uniforms in the past. For this year, they've also uh, gone with a metallic-type finish on the helmet, which I think is so clean. Um, it looks very futuristic. It looks grippy. It looks like you want to throw a football to them and they're oh, yeah. going to catch it. Um, BYU, Notre Dame, 
looking forward to seeing these on TV. That's gonna be that's gonna be one of the best uniform games ever. Yeah. Did yeah. you see what Notre Dame's wearing? And that's not my drip of the week, but that will be my honorable mention then. I mean, I can't. I mean, that's not my. That wasn't my pick, but I will bring them up. What's the What's the Notre Dame drip? They are the white. Game's in South Bend, right? No, it's in oh, Las Vegas. It? It's at Allegiant oh, yeah, Stadium. Yeah. This is This is what they call the Shamrock Series. Oh. So Notre Dame plays at all these di- various locations. Yeah. And this is what they Whoa, wear. They that's wear di- they wear different uniforms every year. I love the different typefaces. They have, typeface the, they as have well. the golden dome. That's cool. On their sleeves, you know, yeah. it's it's beautiful. They do I'm, these every year. Yeah. Um I'm just watching this year's for the are very that Yeah, this year is It's just it's just uniforms. But I mean, you definitely know who you're throwing to then. So yeah. you better not throw it to another team <laughs> because it's not like there's any similar colors yeah. or anything. White and black. You know you know who's on your team. Uh, my drip of the week is Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. This Sunday night, or was it Monday night? This Monday, Monday night, Monday night. Uh, was playing against the Rams, the Rams yeah. and he was wearing some Dior Jordan One cleats. Pretty clean, right? Oh, rider, yeah. To add to that, he also brought out a nice chain after his touchdown. Fifty-seven. The touchdown. The, the giant iced-out <laughs> chain of the 49ers helmet. <laughs> Flexing it, just love it. You gotta love it, man. And I love Debo. Yeah. I think you know. I'm very happy he's still with the Niners. I think he's also a, he's such a unique player that doesn't get spoken about enough. Such an underrated player. Yeah, I feel lining like. up in the like back underrated though. but not. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's weird. Once you start talking about him, then you realize how good he is. But yeah. He, when you don't, you don't, it doesn't come up in conversation. Not, not at all. And especially with Kittle having a down year. Yeah. He's really, he's he really stepped stepping up. up. Twenty six fantasy points this week. So I'm just go two and two, <laughs> hanging in there. With yeah, I'm happy with about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's just get into players of the week. Yeah. My player of the week is Aaron Nola. <laughs> uh, in the playoff clinching game in Houston, would like to mention that also the last time they clinched in the playoffs, it was in Houston. And Roy Halladay mm. pitched a complete game shutout. Yeah. But Aaron Nola had six point two, well six and two thirds, perfect innings. Wow. Going into the, or not going into this game, but that's what happened. Yeah. It's six and two thirds. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It was his best ever start ever. Yeah. Historically. Good. But sadly, sadly, gave up two hits. Yeah. Only two hits given up in the game from any of the Phillies pitchers. Good. So, it's great. And Aaron Nola just pitching out of his mind right now. Um, he really is not getting enough appreciation, I feel like, uh, because. His win-loss record isn't really that great, but all the old heads, you know, I don't really, yeah, I don't really like the win, holding wins and losses over a pitcher's head. Yeah. Um, he's just performing at a top level right now. He's finally proving that he's not that streaky Aaron Ola anymore. Mm-hmm. He really is that consistent guy, um, and he actually, I would say, might actually probably is having a better season than Zach Wheeler, who mm-hmm. was a Cy Young candidate last year. So. Good to have him on your roster for a postseason. Yeah, great to have him. My player of the week. Continuing my. That was favorite. a long. That was a long side. You okay? You okay? You're good, man. Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> you know, I, I got this neck pain, and I just gotta get some deep breaths in, sit up straight, stop slouching. Uh, my player of the week is Jaden Delora, quarterback of Arizona. He's a sophomore from Honolulu. Threw for 484 yards and six touchdowns in Arizona's 43 20 win over Colorado. Yes, Colorado is absolutely horrific. They're the, wor- they're the worst team in college football. I'm surprised Michigan didn't put them on their yeah. schedule. 
Um, they did put a, Colorado State, though. At a 203.2 passer rating, also tallied 28 yards rushing. Um, phenomenal game for Delora. Uh, another trend of the Pac-12. There are a lot of these quarterbacks, a lot of these teams that are a little bit unspoken about. Um, great game for Delora. Pac-12 does not get enough love, but, I mean, to the same extent, they are basically losing every single significant team in their conference. Yeah. It's just dying. Out. It's just <laughs> dying. Yeah, it's not even going to be a thing anymore. <laughs> um, but sticking with NCAA football, biggest news of the week, biggest news here on Sling Sports Podcast of the week. I don't know about the biggest news of the week, but biggest <laughs> Syracuse is finally ranked. They get it. For the first time since 2019, mm-hmm. they're ranked in at 22. Um, it's the first time the team is 5-0 since 1987. <laughs> the first time there will be a ranked matchup in the Dome in 20 years when they face NC State next Saturday? Give us college game day. We're not going to get it. But that would be Give us cool. college game day. <laughs> um, I hope that we get it. Um, Just because of the, hist- the history. Yeah, but it's also, I don't know, it's Syracuse. I feel like they're not going to come up here to Syracuse. But they've been they've been pretty generous this year. They've been going to they've App going. State. They're going to Kansas this week. I'm telling you, Pat McAfee might put in a word. <laughs> I hope so. Um I, I'll be very disappointed if they do come though, because I'm going to Montreal the night before. I forgot before. you were going there that weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get up early the next morning to make it back in time for the NC State game, which was is gonna start at 3:30. Um, but again, college game day being here would be such a cool experience. Um, if it's here, I will be on the quad at 5 a.m. Yeah, I don't blame but, you. Even earlier than that, probably you. four. Whenever they're starting to set up, I will be there. I'll be um, front row. I gotta I feel, make I gotta make a game day sign too. I also, I also think we easily could have picked either Sean Tucker or Garrett Schrader for player of the week. Oh my <laughs> god, yeah, Garrett Schrader was what 17 a, a of seventeen, 17 of seventeen yeah. in the first half. Didn't yeah. even play the second <laughs> half. Sean Tucker, two hundred plus yards. Pleased with his performance this week, by the way. Um, for I think only the second time this season. Yeah, and it was actually going into this game, his longest rush was fifteen yards. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well, when you play Wagner, that'll help, and then you play. Uh, Ten-minute quarters in the second half. Syracuse scored more points than Wagner had total yards, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm almost positive that that's right what game. it was. Yeah. It's one of those fun games. Hey, they had a couple of tough matchups the two weeks prior, so mm-hmm. they needed that. Yeah. Um, This might be the biggest news of the week. The actual biggest <laughs> news of the week. Bryce Young went down. He went to the locker room on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And now he's listed as day-to-day with a shoulder injury. Is he going to play this week, Nolan? Uh, in the words of Bill Belichick, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> and I don't know. Um, but I will say Alabama's going to be just fine with Jalen Milrow as their quarterback. And we saw it firsthand. The guy is not in any way a good passer. He's accuracy issues. He's not there. He's not ready yet. Um, and he's the backup now for that exact reason. But Nick Saban is working at him. He's in the lab with Milrow. He is a freakish athlete. We saw it. We saw the long run. Almost went for a touchdown um, early on in the fourth quarter. That game, Arkansas was in it. The crowd was in it. They were down by, what, four or five points early yeah, on in the they fourth were, quarter. Yeah. They were right there, and the game ended up being uh, a blowout. It was like 41-28, yeah. something like that. Yeah, ended up being two-plus possessions. Um, Jalen Milrow, you are only going to get better with each start that you have, the more playing time that you get. And I think Alabama, they're, they're the juggernaut of NCAA football. But when Bryce Young declares for the draft after this season, they're going to be right up top with Milrow. And he oh, is, yeah. All he, he, he is going to be a future top 10 pick. All he needs well. is the experience. And obviously, having Nick Saban as your coach, 
You get plenty, plenty good at what you're doing. You get plenty good at your position. So I think he'll be all right. And just having Bryce Young as your teammate. Yeah, that, that that's very room. true. As your mentor. Yeah. Uh, UCLA took down number 15, Washington. Down goes the Pac-12. Now that's, there's only two undefeated Pac-12 teams left, and that's UCLA and USC. Um, UCLA is ranked again following that. Washington... I don't know, man. Michigan State wasn't all that. That was their ticket to get into the top 25. I thought it was a bit of a weird top 25 ad anyway. They didn't really do... like They jumped up as well. They were really high up. Yeah, Um, well, it was a weird adage because Michigan State was ranked, what, 11th when they beat them, and then mm -hmm. they were put at 15? Yeah, and Michigan State was dropped entirely. Yeah, that made no sense. Odd flipping around. And Syracuse didn't get in until they beat Wagner? (laughs) You're (laughs) telling me. But... Ole Miss beats another, Kentucky. Another top 10 team. Will Levis. We yeah, were just talking about him last up. week. Yeah. Didn't look all that. Mm-mm. I think he's solid. Still going to be a first-round pick. I still think he'll be very good. But in the conversation of number one pick, yeah, right, NFL personnel director <laughs> who said that. Not going to happen. But I will say, quarterback on the other side of the field, Jackson Dart, a USC transfer, former five-star recruit. He's going to be a problem by the time he declares oh, he's gonna for the draft. he's going to be great, yes. Um, only his second year. He's going to be at Ole Miss next year as well. Ole Miss, I think, is a scary team. Sneaky scary team. Yeah, they can can threaten Bama. They can threaten Georgia. They can threaten the big dogs of the SEC. Um, But Jackson Dart, he's a year younger than us. He's born in 2003. His birthday is May 2003, which is insane. He's 19 years old, um, and he's taking down top 10 teams. That's wild. Ole Miss. Imagine, put us on the field. Yeah, exactly. Put us on the field right now. Ole Miss is only going to get better as well. TCU hands Oklahoma their second loss and knocks them out of the rankings. We, we discussed it with Oklahoma. They're not all that. They They're don't not. Look like themselves. They're not. Uh, Dylan Gabriel went down with an injury. Um, Oklahoma really struggled. Um, this TCU team, though, they're for real, I yeah. think. Max I, Duggan. I think so as well. Max Duggan was my second, I believe, second player of the week um, of the college football season. They are uh, averaging the second most yards per game at 549 and a half yards, put up 41 points in the first half. The Oklahoma defense had been pretty solid through the first four weeks. The offense had been uh, having the turmoil issues, and now TCU blew the doors off of them. They're there. TCU. Horn Frogs are back. Horn Frogs. Trayvon Boykin. Let's go. Andy Dalton. Let's go. Max Duggan. Get Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Purple. Purple boys. <laughs> Uh, so now let's get into our top three matchups of this week. I think because we just I think, we're just talking about TCU. Yeah, TCU. So I have TCU Kansas. It's our lone uh, mat- matchup that we both have as well. And TCU Kansas. Kansas. We didn't even talk about this being ranked. Yeah, five they're putting and the rankings well. five and zero as well. They made it. This will be their first big test of the year, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be a very exciting game. You got to keep your eyes out for Kansas. People are saying they're very sneaky. They're a good. They're a team to watch. If TCU can beat Oklahoma, we'll find out. We'll see. I'm, we'll I'm, see if we'll see if Kansas can beat TCU. I'm, I'm excited for this storyline of are either of these teams an actual threat to Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve? They're yeah. the only two undefeated teams besides Oklahoma State. They're also the only two that are five and zero. So Oklahoma State already had their bye. Um, I know we don't do predictions on this, but I just want to say again. TCU is freakishly good on offense, and I think TCU is going to blow the doors off of Kansas. And Kansas, I'm, Kansas, I'm sorry. Kansas. It's I'm a sorry. nice story. Rock chalk. It's, I'm sorry. It's an it's a nice storyline. But Kansas is not. Mm-mm, no, TCU all the way. Horn frogs. Horn up. <laughs> horn up. Horn up. Horn up. 
All right, what do you what do you have next? I'll go with uh, one of the the I believe the only other top twenty five matchup, and that is number eleven Utah at number eighteen UCLA. UCLA coming off of the big win over Washington back in the rankings. Can they push USC? UCLA is the only undefeated team. If they lose this week to number eleven Utah, doors close. It's just USC out in the Pac twelve. Nobody else is a threat. But yeah. if if uh, UCLA loses, then it's really USC or bust for the playoff as well. I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to see if Well, UCLA you were real big on the Utes going in. Going in, yeah. So we'll see how they can perform against UCLA or more importantly how UCLA can perform against them. A heavy dog, yeah. Um we talked about this matchup earlier, Notre Dame versus BYU mm-hmm. out in Vegas. It'll be a very exciting game. Um Notre Dame obviously disappointing trying throughout the year track. trying to get back in back in the rankings maybe on the back half because of no, their name so. because yet. of because of their name but obviously probably not they have two losses one to Marshall shouldn't have even happened gonna but take a, gonna take a while yeah. to get back in um they won't be back probably till next year but should be a good matchup against BYU mm-hmm. always a good matchup when they when these two teams collide yeah, it's a good storyline of independent uh, schools as well yeah. facing off against each other oh yeah it's fun uh, my final matchup of the week is Washington State at number six USC. I've got a lot of Pac-12 going on. A lot. Uh, you're you're real high in the Pac-12 this I week. I am. I yeah. am actually. And Washington State is currently ranked number twenty-six. They were the the first team out of the AP poll, um, as close to a top twenty-five matchup as it gets. We're it's almost almost modern. three for three. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see. Again, I say it every single week, which teams can push USC, where USC's weaknesses are. I think Washington State has the potential to showcase that, see how how you can beat USC. I don't think they do beat them, but they're on the door. They're knocking the top 25. Well, I hope USC makes it into that top four because that's where I've had them for, for the predictions. <laughs> working their but, way up. Yeah, working their way yeah. up. Uh, my last matchup, both unranked teams, Texas and Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma, despite the loss, this is always a big game. This is always it's a big River, rivalry Red game. Red River yeah. rivalry. And last okay. year, this is actually where we saw Caleb Williams come in for Spencer Rattler. Ah, so maybe like maybe we can get someone that'll get that attention. General Booty. Get a, yeah. <laughs> get a lot <laughs> of what's going on here. So uh, Texas-Oklahoma, big rivalry game. It's also, it's also just insane that no one is talking about the Red River, Red River rivalry um, <laughs> of Texas-Oklahoma because neither are ranked. I don't know when the last time yeah. neither of them were ranked. It's been quite some time, um, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, I thought Texas game. was back. Texas is not back. They're not back. <laughs> Got a long way to go <laughs> until Arch Manning gets back. <laughs> then they'll be back. Uh, we've got the NFL now, and phew, injuries. Injuries galore. We talked about Spooky right off the bat with spooky. injuries. Ghosts coming up, grabbing ankles and knees. Let's talk about Spooky. That Tua injury was scary that was like we were together when that happened Mm -hmm. and our hearts were just like stopped it's hard to watch it was super hard to watch um the fact that they had to cut off his face mask and everything like that the way his fingers were on the ground Mm. it just it was very it just hit me it it hurt it hit me the wrong way it was just i just the doctor at miami thank god he got fired because that you can't put a guy in risk like that. No. That was awful. Um, both Giants quarterbacks had injuries at the start of, at, or at at the on the at week. The end, um, the the Saquon quarter. was in at quarterback for a while, running the wildcat, yeah, running running the uh, triple option wildcat. Yeah, Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell in the backfield. Um, I quickly want to say Tyrod Taylor though. Just how I'm going I'm to read off 
what he did in this game and how funny it is. So Tyrod Taylor comes in after Danny uh, suffers an ankle injury. And he comes in on third down, on uh, the second set of downs. Um, he got a first down running. And then the second one does a sick spin move. Like, puts the defender on skates, dives, gets the first down for the Giants. Move the sticks, move the chains. Very next play, heaves it up downfield to Darius Slayton, picked off. <laughs> and showing both sides of the coin why Tyrod Taylor is a backup. So, blah, blah, blah. Giants make the Bears go through and out. They get the ball back. Third down. Tyrod Taylor is pushing the ball. He's running. He's trying to make a play here for his team. Gets the first down, but just gets wailed right in the head. Concussed. Fumbles the ball as well. The Giants recover it. Um, but it's just so funny of six spin move, interception, concussion out of the game. It happened so fast. It was just like... It, it happened so well, fast. Because that game was on. I remember Tyrod Taylor being in. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, was out. it was just like... Why is Saquon, Saquon at why is Saquon running the QB? <laughs> why like what is he doing? And then Daniel came back in for those those couple plays and Playing it was out. just yeah. I don't know. It was just odd. Uh but Cordero Patterson on the IR for four weeks. Mm -hmm. That'll that'll hurt Atlanta. Yeah. Quite some big time. loss. Quite now they gotta go with Tyler Allinger. Allinger. BYU. Yeah. As their as their the, first. Uh, the the Cordell thing isn't he? I'm pretty sure he's fourth or fifth. He is. In he's, fourth. he's fourth in rushing yards. Yeah, in and he only played like three quarters of a game this week, and yeah. he's still up there. Um, and Javante Williams, the biggest hit. biggest hit is he's out for the entire year tearing his ACL. Go trade um, for Melvin Gordon if yeah. you haven't already. If you, if you, you have Melvin Gordon league. in fantasy, you are You're pumping your fist <laughs> in the air right now. If you have Javante, you are crying into your hands. You're trying to find a new RB one <laughs> or RB two. On your team. <laughs> but going back to last Thursday, the Bengals get the dub in the white uniforms that we talked knocked, about. Knocked off Miami as well. Yeah. Miami's no longer Miami undefeated. is not under undefeated. There's only one undefeated team left, and that's the Eagles, who beat the Jaguars this week. Ah. You know, the Jaguars lost in a very ugly fashion. It was in a monsoon. Trevor Lawrence fumbles the ball three times. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. Eagles it are was, a good team. Yeah, Eagles Eagles are good. Really but you you give the ball up four times and it's still a one possession game. You were up fourteen nothing. Okay, you gave up yes, twenty nine and answered bad. as well. That was you're bad. Still in it. Yeah, and you're still in Not it. Not bad. The team the team can do a lot. Andre Cisco fifty nine yard uh, interception. Representing Syracuse yeah. as well. Um, pick six. Uh, but I just you know I'm not really worried. Uh, they play they play the Texans this week. Should be a blowout of a game. They're at home. The only um, winless team. Yeah. The Houston Texans. I just, you know, the Jaguars started the season plus 700 to win the AFC South. Now they're plus 160. You're right there. Well, I think still, that's, also, still, that's also slightly aided by some poor performances slightly aided from by the Titans awful, and yeah. Colts. Well, yeah. They've, they've played each other this week. Well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. Eagles still remain the only undefeated team. I'm not yeah. worried about the Jaguars. They'll be back. They'll win this week. Don't worry. Well, yeah. Um, the Giants, meanwhile, three and one for the first time. Surprising since... three and one. Yeah, yeah. Let me talk. It let is me surprising. Talk. Let me talk, pal. It's surprising. Let me talk. It's three surprising. And one. Three and one for the first time since 2011. The same time that they won the Super Bowl. Brian Dable is the first uh, Giants head coach to start three and one since Tom Coughlin in 2004. Saquon Barkley has the most rushing yards in Giants history through the first four games of the season. Leads the NFL in rushing yards and yards from scrimmage. Least leader since the '80s, as we were pointed out earlier. That's separate. <laughs> that's separate from the from the Giants franchise record because there's some good running backs there. You go look at Tiki Barber. You look at Ahmad Bradshaw. Um, that's just in the 2000s. Um, the Giants are three and one. They have wins over Tennessee, 
Carolina, and Chicago. It's not that impressive of a list. But I wonder, as a Giants fan, they get a lot of flack for being a fraudulent 3-1 team. First rhetorical question that doesn't need to be answered. What do you want them to do? Lose on purpose? Yeah, they're 3-1. and one. They're going to win games that they're supposed to win. Yes, lose. Sorry. But my question for you, someone that doesn't have bias. If, hypothetically, the Giants were to beat Green Bay and London on Sunday, which we'll get into later on in the Pick'em series, would that gain them some respect from the NFL world, from you? Then would you actually take the Giants seriously? See, it's not that I don't take them seriously right now, though. The whole thing with me is... The NFC East has the easiest schedule in football. You don't, yeah, do. and you don't, you don't pick your schedule. It's ran. It Not ends up happening, happening randomly. You know, by the way that the years happen. And I just think it's surprising that they're three and one, simply because they, not not because of their matchups, but because. It, it just turns out that they're 3-1 and one because of the teams they played. Do I think they'll beat Green Bay this week? No. But if they were to, okay, yeah, I'll give them respect. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I just don't think they are that, that team that's 3-1 and one powerhouse. 3-1 no. and one because they beat, you know, some lackluster teams, but still won. But still won. 3-1 and one is 3-1. and one. For, the, for the first time since 2016, they're winning the games they're supposed to win. Yeah, and that's impressive. Yeah. But... They're not. They're not that three and one. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet, at least. <laughs> they're not. They're not like a three and one Chiefs or a three and one Bills. Bills no, no. They're a three and one Giants. They're a three and one Giants that have beat the Bears, the Titans. The Titans. Titans are going to turn around, man. And I'm who is the last team that they also beat? The Panthers. The Panthers. Yeah. Exactly. So Panthers that's that's gym, exactly man. it. So, <laughs> you know, I don't really, you know, I just consider them a three and one team. The N- the whole NFC East. Is three and one basically, except for Philadelphia is four and zero. Oh. Well, yeah, they've, they've, got oh, the, yeah. they've got the best they have the be- record in all of football. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and they have the Come easiest on. schedule. Don't hate the player, hate the game. They <laughs> <laughs> also have barely played each other through the first four weeks as well. Yeah, the only matchup the Giants lost. Well, Washington played Dallas too. Well, no, I'm saying that I'm talking about the oh. Giants' record though. Yeah, well, it's a Monday night game. The Giants in primetime is a guaranteed L. <laughs> Every single time. Well, this is technically a primetime game, like you said last week. Well, it's when, in release to in Kirk the, Cousins. In the, in the Kirk Cousins so you're, you're, context. No, you're, you're contradicting yourself. You're contradicting yourself. Cur- only in the Kirk Cousins context is Sunday mm-hmm. at 9 You're contradicting yourself. No. That's just... That's just oh, I already know who my lock is now. No. It's a Kirk Cousins. I know who my lock it's is. It's a Kirk Cousins context. It's different. Anyway, Patrick Mahomes is him. That's all I have to say. Yeah, we don't we don't need to talk. We don't about even it. need to we, get into we, it. We know that he's the greatest quarterback on the planet. There should there should have never been a debate. Show. People bringing up debates saying Patrick Mahomes is two, Patrick no. Mahomes is three. No, Patrick Mahomes is one. Watch the game on Sunday night, and then you'll see why Patrick Mahomes is one. Because Patrick Mahomes lost his best receiver, and is still the best quarterback in the NFL, making plays with a bunch of like wide receiver twos. Yeah, they don't even have a clear cut number one. Um, it quite literally looked like he was the dad playing with the kids on Thanksgiving. He's just The dude did a spin Bay. move and then just threw it up. Like, literally looks like he's playing pass. flag football. Yeah. Like, he could play on our flag football team this Friday, please. <laughs> Patrick awesome. Mahomes, come play with us. We need the, but, we need the numbers. Yeah, we need, we need the numbers. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, why were people doubting this man? We didn't doubt him. We had him we at number one. Know. We still think he's the I number always one think quarterback he's, in the I always think he's been the best. But it's just, it just, it just blows my mind how many people really doubted this guy just because Tyreek Hill left. I'd like to shout out Casey Poirier for that because he was one of the people that said they'd take a step back and he wouldn't be as good. 
So there's your yeah. shout out, Casey. <laughs> anyway, now are the 49ers back or are the Rams in trouble? I think Or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit of neither, actually. Ooh. I don't think uh I don't think the 49ers are quote back. I think they're going to hang around. They're going to be in the 9 and 8, 10 and 7 range with Jimmy G. Um and I also think that the Rams are not in trouble. It's early on in the season. They're only 2 and 2. It's not like they're 0 and 4. They're not 1 and 3. And again, the entire NFC West is two and two. All four teams in there are two and two. Um, but I will say the offense has been atrocious for the Rams. Matthew Stafford, in particular, has not looked like himself. Does not look at all like how that team looked like last year. Um, but I do trust Sean McVay. I trust the Rams as a team. I think that they will be able to turn it around. I think they will get it going on offense. They're not going to go through seventeen games playing like how they have. Um, and the defense, the defense has kept them in it, minus the Buffalo game in week one. The defense has been involved in it. Um, yeah. I trust the Rams to stick around. I don't think they're necessarily in trouble. But the way Matthew Stafford is playing, if he doesn't pick it up, then they are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, the guy has thrown way, way too many interceptions. Isn't like even game, looking. Game ceiling pick six. Isn't even, isn't even looking Monday. ways like towards Allen Robinson, who they signed specifically to be that replacement guy for OBJ. But mm-hmm. clearly either he isn't living up to that or just Matt Stafford and him don't have that relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a very odd situation. But with the 49ers, I think their defense is like top three in the league they right now. carry them. It has Jimmy, been carrying Debo. them. It, if you carried look at them last year, I mean, look at, look at the Monday night game. It basically did carry. I mean, I wouldn't say carried them that game because Jimmy G and the offense looked good. Yeah. But their defense did do a lot in that game. That pick six right at the end. That's it. That's how. That's what happens. Like, that's how it goes. So, we shall see. But we've got some great matchups coming up this week. I wouldn't call them very great. <laughs> they are not. They're actually. This is a very mid NFL week. Except Wally was really. Bringing down one of the teams or one of the matchups that when I get brought. there, when we get so, there, so we'll start talking about them. Whatever. Um, it's whatever. also it's it's now time for my least favorite segment of uh, the slinging sports. Yeah, podcast. I'm also I'm also up six or three to thirteen, not three to six, thirteen three to, six. to six. Um, Wally finally got a couple right last week. I did. Good job, and you got, got some, and you got, got your lock. Right week one, what and you mean? got your lock. Yeah, I knew it too. <laughs> That's why I called it a lock. And I called mine a lock. <laughs> um, all right. My first matchup is probably not even probably it is the game it of the is week. it's the game of the week. Every, There's nothing. Yeah, everyone's gonna say it, um, and that is Cincinnati and Baltimore, two two and two teams. Cincinnati started zero and two. They won two straight. Baltimore, if the last what thirty seconds of NFL games didn't exist, they'd be four and zero right now. They've. I read a stat today. The Ravens had led in all of their games except for fourteen seconds. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. Um, obviously this is the hardest pick of the week and I'm going to go with a team that's riding high and is one, two straight. And I'm going to take the Bengals. I think Ooh. that we, we're going to put them back on the map. Um, they're starting to turn the corner, show that they're past the Super Bowl hangover. I'm taking Cincinnati. I'm going to go opposite of you. And for the simple reason would. that Lamar has just been so dominant that this team is explosive. Their defense is is it's not half bad it's not great but it's not awful i i really do have faith in baltimore and cincinnati's o-line really worries me i don't have enough faith in the fact that they're going to protect burrow i don't have enough faith in the fact that they'll let mixing get free 
Um, I think Baltimore will be more than prepared, and they won't even send more than four, and we'll still get a pretty good pass rush. Um, so I'm going Baltimore here. I also think that the – I will quickly say, though, the Bengals and the offensive line has calmed down a little bit over the last two weeks um, against the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, but either way, good game. Good game. Good, good game. game regardless. Good game. Looking forward to it. And my first game is New Orleans and Seattle. New Orleans probably should have beat Kirk Cousins in that primetime game. Yeah, had a nice double do- doink. Had a nice double doink in London. That's in your way. Um, so who are you taking here? I'm riding high. With the with the with the fella who was written off, but he didn't write back. Geno Smith, one of the highest scoring games of all time last week against Detroit. Um, Seattle knocked out the Lions. Um, the Saints, the Saints just don't look like themselves of the years past. Um, they're struggling. Jameis has not lived up to my expectations. I think eventually he'll get it together, but I don't think this is the week. The Seattle offense has looked surprisingly good. Um, I think the Seahawks win it. If Jameis Winston will even be playing this week, that is. Yeah. But uh, New Orleans, I had them winning that division, yeah, and that did. really is not looking great right now. Potentially, potentially. Hope you like Andy Dalton. However, uh, Geno Smith really is that guy right now. He's showing that Didn't he. Write him back. He's showing, he's that he's right up there. He's playing well, and when people were questioning Pete Carroll's decision to play him over Drew Locke. Now he's proven. He's proven he made the right that, decision. That he That's made the sure. right decision. That's I think sure. DK is pretty happy that he's staying there. I'm going with Seattle. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. Um, my next matchup is a certain Cooper Rush, who, yes, is undefeated. He's the first Cowboys quarterback to ever be 4-0. They're taking on the Rams this week. Rams looking to get right. See, Greeny said that he was his MVP for the year so far. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Keep spitting it back in my mouth, Cooper Rush. I'm betting against you. I'm taking the Rams. Um, I don't like you, Cooper Rush. I think you're overrated. You're in the right place at the right time on a really good Cowboys team to get you to 4-0. and um, And Mike McCarthy is doing, and Kellen Moore actually, is doing a good job of hiding your weaknesses. Um, I think the Rams with the pass rush and Aaron Donald will finally be able to make Cooper Rush be quiet and make the media stop blabbing him up saying that he's coming for Dak Prescott's job. Micah Parsons, Noah Brown, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz, and Cooper Rush. Of course, Cooper Rush. This Dallas team Ugh. is different. It's different to say the least. You know, nobody's expecting them to do much. Everyone's always saying, you know, where are them boys at? Are they them boys? And making memes when they lose. Now I am one to not like when Dallas wins. But the way that LA's been playing, I'm going with Dallas. Go for it. <laughs> I'm never picking Cooper Rush. I don't care. I don't like him. I'm not picking him. Cooper Rush has not let me down yet, so keep picking him. Go for it. I don't like my ne- my next matchup is one that Wally just dislikes. It's a stupid he matchup hates to it. pick. And it's the New York Jets against the Miami Dolphins. Divisional game. No Tua. And Zach Wilson is back for his second year, second week. Yeah. He's back after playing a Steelers team that has not... I've discussed this so many times off camera. I've already made the joke um, that the Steelers have an offense from 1965. Good for Kenny Pickett. I was going to say, we forgot to talk about Kenny. Love that Kenny's in. Love that Kenny's in. in. He's going to do great. Awesome. He's going to do great. Just don't think it'll make a difference in terms of the Steelers as a team. Um, Yeah, Zach Wilson. Like the gritty. Like the catch. Like the comeback win. Like all of it. Like the moms. (laughs) Um, Teddy Bridgewater is a solid backup. 
borderline starter, been a starter in the NFL the last couple of years. Um, I'm taking my lock. I don't think the Jets are good. Miami, lock. I'm not concerned about it. I don't care if two is out. Teddy and, and the Dolphins can go four and four. He has enough weapons. However long Tua ends up being out, they will go 500. He has enough weapons on offense. Tua is substantially better than Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, he is. Substantially. Yeah, but Teddy's still and, good enough. And the Jets stink. They would have they been 4-0 if Tua had stayed in that game. Obviously, un, yeah. unwritten circumstances couldn't happen. And when you put Teddy in, I just don't have as much faith in this Miami team. I do. You know, the Jets. Ty- it's the Jets. Tyreek Hill is great. Jalen Waddles is great. But the Jets... Are the Jets. I don't know. It's no. just a divisional matchup. They no. could be sneaky. And now no. Zach Wilson's back. No one really has a much film on him. Like you were saying about Cooper Rush, the whole reason why he was They've got a no. full year of film on him. What do you no, mean no, no one has much film on no, him? No, no, no. Not this, not this Zach Wilson. What? This Zach Wilson is different. Ugh. He's different. So I'm going with the Jets him. here. The I'm going New York Jets. Looking forward to my free points, man. Nope, you won't get them. I'm getting my free points. Not the trend. Not the trend. Free double points. Um, My final matchup is the Giants and the Packers. And I didn't really want to pick... I, I, I didn't want to put the Giants in this ever, but for a couple of reasons, I put them in. Largely because it's the only game that features two, three, and one teams are better. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure only two teams with a winning record, period. There's a couple of two and two matchups. Um, it's also the first time ever in London where two teams with winning records will be facing each other. They've been getting clunkers since they started doing this in 2007. It's because the Jaguars go over there all the time. <laughs> Um, fun fact about the Giants in London, they played in that first ever London game against the Dolphins, and they won. That same year, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. The Giants also played in London in 2016 for the only other time, and they beat the Rams, and that team ended up making it to the wild card at 11-5, meaning they're undefeated in London. Packers have never been to London. This will be their first time playing a game there, first international game, period. Um, history is on the Giants' side. The Giants, who have a terrible offense and no passing game whatsoever, by the way, have scored more points per game than the Packers this year. The Packers went to overtime against Bailey Zappi last week. The offense does not look like itself at all in Green Bay. I'm taking the Giants. I'm riding high with them. And I think DJ Daniel Jones practiced fully today, looked like himself, looked healthy, tiny bit of a limp. He'll be perfectly fine come Sunday. I'm taking the Giants. Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, I have bias too. Green Bay. Whatever. They haven't been scoring much. Okay. They also played Tampa Bay, who has one of the best defenses in the league. Okay. This year this week, yeah, slow game against New England. And yes, Bailey Zappi, but that has nothing to do with their scoring. Bill Belichick still one of the separate issues of the team. Yeah. Still one of the greatest minds in the league. He knows how to play against Aaron Rodgers. He knows what Aaron Rodgers is gonna do. Does Dable? Yeah. I don't think so. All right, so I think Green Bay is my lock for this week, and they will easily take a dub easily. in London at wow. 9.30 in the morning. Easily. Easily. Wow. Wow, big guy over here. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't I yeah. didn't even say easily when I picked my lock of Eagles over the Jaguars. I knew it. <laughs> it just, I mean, because it wasn't really that easy in the end. In the end, it was easy. In the beginning, it was bad. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> was it, cool. was only, it was only one possession. <laughs> anyway, uh, last game of the week. We have Detroit and New England. Vomit. Bailey Zappi. This and is the 
Jared Goff. Jared Goff really is shining I, I now recently. I, I could um, been coming after you for this one, like the, the Jets Miami one. I thought you'd come after me more for this, but these these teams are both one they and three. Well. They match up well. Like yeah. who knows what's gonna happen in this game. You gonna take it or you want me to take it? You can go first. I'm going Detroit. I'm going I, Detroit. I well. I really don't think there's a lot to question here. I'm going Detroit. You know, it just this is one of the best matchups of the week that's not gonna be a blowout. Also, the the Lions are scoring the most points per game in the NFL. They've got a Jared Goff really offense. really shocking me. I can't lie. Goff, I picked him off of waivers last week. Put up thirty plus points. Yeah. He's the number five fantasy quarterback right now. Jared it's, Goff, which is shocking. I'm pretty happy about it's that. Insane. <laughs> um, I know fantasy isn't related to this, but I'm wait. I'm I'm on the I'm on the Zappy train. I didn't mean to discredit him with uh, Green Bay struggling against. Well, you him. texted me immediately when he was put in, saying he was the future. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Zappy train. Um, I think he should have started over Hoyer. Period. G- give him the rep. See what you got there. Um, even if you already have your future. Well, why'd you draft him Matt. if you're not going to use him? Exactly. With these young guys, um, if you're going to draft him in the fourth round, let him play. Um, but I think Detroit. Both of us agree. Detroit gets it together. Yeah, Detroit. They, Detroit's been. They're, per- they're better. They're better than one and three. Yeah, I agree. Than one and three. I agree. I agree with that. One hundred percent. But while they're waiting to see what happens with all of these games during the week, Wally, where can they find us? What can they find out about us? You can hit us up at Slinging Sports on Twitter and or at Slinging underscore Sports on Twitter. I messed it up. And at <laughs> Slinging Sports on Instagram. That is the number one way to know when the episodes come out. You're trying to send them to not our Twitter account? <sighs> no, no, no other, no other slinging sports account. <laughs> With that being said, we will see you guys next week for a big week in NHL when our Lightning and Rangers take each mm-hmm. other on. We Looking debate that. About that. We debate the MLB playoffs. Get into that a little bit more. Hopefully, the Phillies win this weekend. <laughs> uh, um, but with that being said, we will catch you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.